welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's a turn of the Dallas Cowboys. With me, I've got a first-time guest on the podcast. With me today is Cowboys fan Alan Woods. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Uh, great to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. It's good to have a, um, a new guest to the podcast. We'd like to ask all of our new guests the same question, really, uh, especially ones from the UK. Uh, as to why they chose the teams they support. So for you, Alan, why did you pick the Cowboys? I actually didn't pick the Cowboys. Um, it was actually my dad that essentially picked the Cowboys for me. So my dad used to go to the US a lot in the 90s. There was only one team to support in the mid-90s. That was, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. So my dad brought me back a Troy Aikman jersey, which I still do have somewhere in a drawer. It's probably at my parents' house, actually, somewhere. Uh I don't think I can fit into it anymore. A few years ago, three children, I could still squeeze into it just about, but it was not a typical NFL fit. So, yeah, I had an Aitman jersey from probably when I was about eight or nine years old. Uh, and then didn't really follow football all that much. It's quite hard to follow for a while. And then as it's become more easy over the last 10 years or so, I found myself re-immersed in the NFL and rooting for the Cowboys. And maybe I'll remember a Super Bowl win at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since since that happened. Um, interesting story because you've had many guests on this podcast who've got stories like similar to you, like you know, family bought over a hat, for example, or um, mm. you, know, you got family over in America, or some people based based on a holiday and stuff like. That. I've never had because in our version of football, myself included, a lot of people are basically given their teams by their parents or by a dad or their mum. But I rarely hear that in, in the NFL. I know one. One friend of mine, um, who I met this year in a Super Bowl watch party, Dan, he um picked the commanders because of his dad, I believe it was. And um you very rarely hear that in NFL in the UK, whereas you get that a lot in Aussie and in for our version of football. So it's it's intriguing to hear that side of things. Now it's um yeah, I mean it's yes, yeah, it's, it's a big team, um, which brings a lot of a lot of hatred, let's say. Um, I'm not one I'm it's not true. one of them. I actually do have a little soft spot for them. I think it's mainly the jersey you're wearing. Um, which if you can't see, if you listen to on Spotify or Apple Podcast, he's wearing the navy blue uniform they've got. Um, so I've always sort of, I've never really understood the hate. I mean, I can to a certain point, especially if you're you know, Eagles, Giants or Cow, uh, Commanders. But I, th- I think that I-, I personally haven't really seen the reason for hate as much as maybe others do. I don't quite get it. I think it's just, there's this, typical Dallas fan that's sort of assumed that they're going to be loud and mm. brash and I'm on my best behaviour so I'm going to try not to say that that's what I'm like for this podcast <laughs> but uh, you know I try and roll into it a little bit you know the whole this is our year thing I don't really believe it but I'll say it every year just to sort of get a bit of a rise for people and a bit of a conversation going so yeah I think even people that maybe don't think it they sort of lean into it a little bit maybe a little bit too much just to uh, keep the brand going um, yeah, I imagine a lot of people with the 90s, with Cowboys being so successful over that stretch, I think that was a time where the game was just growing so much. And I think for a lot of people, that was their, their into the NFL. And because of that, I think they just sort of got a bit, a bit tired, a bit like how everyone got a bit tired of the Patriots of the 2000s onwards. Again, they're not a, they're not a popular bunch for a number of reasons. Um, but the wins and sort of the jealousy part, I always think that's a, a massive part of it as well. 
Yeah, I'm actually kind of lucky. Sort of go back into your point about the family bit. So my um, late uncle, he passed away when I was really quite young, but he was actually a Chicago Bears fan. So um, at least the Cowboys have been watchable over the last 20 years, whereas I can't remember the last time the Bears were watchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember that their last season was it the 2018 yeah, season, the double doink year. Um, I found yeah. it quite enjoyable to watch, um, mainly because their defense. I love their defense. I think Cleo Mack could join that year. You know, yeah. I, I will say that you know the Bears are sort of my real soft spot team. I think if the Dolphins, for some reason, in in the next five ten years, became a no longer a franchise, and you know they they became, I don't know removed from the league for some reason and they were a team of wife. I would generally move to the Bears. I love Chicago and, and I do like that navy blue again, navy blue mm. uniform they've got. So um yeah, no, it's I I, I think the Bears if he hasn't if they never really had a good callback ever really. They've only even Jim McMahon has <laughs> a great callback. So I think the stat is they've never had a four thousand or your yeah. passing yards quarterback, which is crazy because some teams have callbacks do it every year for the last 20 years. I think most call, most teams probably have at some point, you know, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, you know, a lot of these, even not, you know, rubbish teams like the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure Kurt Warner did it in 2009. Um, so, yeah, it's, right. it's, especially these days as well, especially the way it's gone, the league, the passing yards sort of type of game. It's just incredible that they've, they've never ever once had a um, 4,000 yard uh, passer. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And especially considering how sort of synonymous they are with sort of legacy around the NFL. Uh, yeah. And Justin Fields has been saying that this is going to be that's something he's going to do. I'm not buying it because he's much better with his legs than his arms. So just stick to what you're good at, Justin. Yeah. I mean, now he's got DJ Moore, I think could happen. Uh, but I think he generally has the case already. He could generally be the best ever quarterback. If he does what he's doing now in the next five, 10 years, I think that. Whilst Jim, Jim McMahon has that sort of crowd about, you know, he won him a championship, albeit wasn't down to him. Um, I think at the same time, if he can have DJ Moore, I think if he gets three or four, five seasons out of the next 10, 4,000 or more passing yards, uh, maybe a couple of conference championship games, maybe a few playoff appearances as regular contention, I think he may have that may have that title. Um, and yeah, going back to the Cowboys thing, I remember, I always remember I went, one of the games I went to, I believe it was 2019, I don't know whether it was at Wembley or whether it was at Tottenham, where the golfer Thomas Bjorn was being interviewed on the big screen, and he mentioned he's right. a Cowboys fan, and the whole um, the whole stage just booed. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So you sort of roll into it a little bit. You, yeah, we, we are where we are at this point. Maybe times will change, but I doubt it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, right. Heading on to the Cowboys, the off season as a whole, the main ins and outs. Uh, the main outs include um, one that's been around for years, one of your best players in recent years, Ezekiel Elliott, running back, has gone to the Patriots. Uh, Dalton Schultz, tight end, left by free agency, he's gone to the Texans. T.Y. Hilton left via free agency, he's yet to have a team. Uh, offensive tackle Connor McGovern has gone to the Bills, and kicker Brett Maher has gone to the Broncos. Basically, probably shipped out after his nightmare against the Buccaneers. Um, and then in um, terms of free agency, uh, include Ronald Jones running back by the Chiefs. You traded for Brandon Cooks from the Texans and Stefan Gilmore, the cornerback from the Colts. And as well as re-signing Leighton Van Der Esch, you took Maisie Smith, 26th overall uh, in the draft, defensive tackle from Michigan, uh, one that really pleased Micah Parsons. Uh, 58th overall, you took another Michigan player in tight end, Luke Schoenmaker. 
apologize if I pronounce that wrong. And then finally, just a couple more. Um, Texas linebacker DeMarvion Overshaw was taken 90th, 90th overall. And then finally, 202nd overall going later on in the draft, you took Juice Fawn running back out of Kansas State. Overall for you, Alan, uh, your take on the uh, Cowboys offseason. I think that some of those moves needed to be done. Like the Zeke one, I love him. I've been a supporter of his this whole time in the NFL. I've stuck up for him time and time again. But yeah, bless him. The, the legs are the legs are not quite what they were and they are failing him a little bit. So I wish him well, but there's time to move on. The Maher thing, absolutely. He probably should have been got rid of halfway through the game again in, in the play in the playoffs. So that's probably just McGovern's a bit of a loss at, at depth. Um, but I'm not too worried about the losses really. I think the Gilmore move is massive because corner, we were very reliant on some players that are going to be coming back from very serious injuries. And to be honest, he's a, I know he's a bit older, but he's definitely an upgrade on what we've had in the past. Like Anthony Brown um, was playing quite a key role and he's okay. <laughs> um, but he, he was always there. I think, and everyone's obviously, there's a lot of opinions around Trayvon Diggs about his ball hawking. He was less ball hawky last year. He was a lot better last year overall. So all those people that like tweeting or Xing, whatever it's called, um, you know, PFF grades. So I think they're going to be a real tandem at corner to be up against. Uh, looking at Mazzy Smith, that's definitely something that's, that's as as unglamorous as it gets, drafting an interior defensive player in the draft. I was not excited, but I did know that it was something that I really wanted to address. I really wanted to address corner and uh, interior D-line going into sort of the draft time, and we did that. So I felt like those were big, massive wins for us. And Brandon Cooks, again, I don't think you can knock his record. You know, he's had over a 1,000 yards pretty much everywhere he's gone. And... I do like Michael Gallup. He didn't look quite right last year. Another year removed from the ACL. I think he'll be back to his better self, although he's never had consistently prolific numbers. Dak does like to spray the ball around. So I'm, you know, players like Noah Brown or, um, oh, the name's falling out of my mind. He went to your Dolphins um, the year before. He's um, probably played about four snaps for the Dolphins, but he looked like an actual baller for, for the Cowboys. Uh, my mind's failing me, but um, I'll, I'll think about it. Um, but yeah, he likes to spray the ball around. So to have, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, and then your fourth, you know, the, the Noah Brown role, who had a significant role last year. That's an opportunity for someone like Jalen Tolbert who goes into his second year. Woeful first year, he'd probably admit that himself. But he's been doing a few bits on preseason. I think the only way is up for him. And as a fourth receiver, I think he's got a good opportunity to um, make some big plays. You mentioned about the tight end. Um, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, you know, rookie tight ends are always a bit of a funny thing. I'm not too uh, excited by him. He's got amazing uh, like physicality stats. I can't remember what they call it. But there's a thing where they sort of analyse you know, speed and um, reach and all that sort of stuff. And he's like off the charts on all his sort of 
physicals. Can he actually put it together as an NFL player? Remains to be seen. But I do still like Jake Ferguson in that role. I thought he had some great moments last year playing as a second tight end, um, or second slash third with Peyton Hendershot. You know, any tight end that is leaping over defenders that are coming in to tackle him, they're all right by my book. So, yeah, I think he's going to be decent. Dak likes targeting the tight end as well. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be all right. I think we're probably in a better position this year than we were last year. I was a bit nervous going into last year, but, yeah, I'm feeling more confident this year. Could be our year. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what are we? We're about, I reckon, about half an hour into the episode. We finally got that word in. You all yeah. Um, and just to show um, just how remember how bad he was or how memorable he was for us, it was Cedric Wilson, the one I was forgetting. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he actually had... He just, I don't think he even had many yards. It was it just, I mean, when he got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill ahead of you, it's really hard to get in. But I, he didn't even have many targets either. I don't know how much McDaniel really, really liked him. And I think there was a point where I can't think what, whether it was the, it might have been the playoff loss to the Bills where he had a great um, return, either from a punt or kick. Um, so I think he's. I think we all know the talent's there. We've seen it in Dallas, but it's um, it's whether, whether we can use it. But, you know, maybe this year, you know, with... Um, do you think he gone sort of that, almost like that third option in receiving weight, even though he's tight end? I do believe maybe he could fit in there, but I, I just at the moment he's done not a lot to really convince me that he can be a guy, but he's yet to have the target. So it's... um, Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, definitely. He had 48 yards, just looking at him. He had 48 yards for the Dolphins last year. And um, a lot of people love to pile on Dak. I know we're going to talk about Dak probably in a moment. That's always a talking point. Um, You know, Dak does have an ability to make players that are around average, maybe below average, look above average. And I think, like Dalton Schultz, you mentioned about him leaving. I'm not concerned about him leaving. Go back three years, Dalton Schultz was nothing. He was a converted basketball player. He was the backup to Blake Jarwin. If Blake Jarwin didn't have this mega hip injury which derailed his career, Dalton Schultz may never have been a thing either. So, um, and I'm not trying to knock Dalton Schultz, I think he's been decent, but I don't necessarily think he's a difference maker for many teams. And um, Cedric Wilson, yeah, just another example for me that Dak can like spread the ball around and sometimes make some of these players look a little bit better than they actually are. Yeah, let's get into Dak now. I mean, looking at his um, year in 2022, um, probably one of his most disappointing seasons um, in the Cowboys. Really. Probably maybe his worst ever, you could argue, because he's had his most interceptions in one season was 15. The previous was 13 back in 2017. Um, one of his lowest seasons for passing touchdowns and in terms of yards way off with just 2,860, albeit from just 12 starts. Um, but obviously he's someone that as a Cowboys callback, that's what you get with the territory. A lot of attention is put on Dak, rightly or wrongly. I mean, I think we can all establish how he's been a good callback for the Cowboys, whether he's been a, a great callback in the NFL, I it's it's remains to be seen. But he had a bad year last year, and this year again with the Eagles making the Super Bowl winning the NFC, it's you're in a tough division, you've got a tough opponent there. What I've seen in a few clips from your off season or your, your training camp this off season, um, some questionable throws, but albeit we know it just just training camp, etc. But what's your take on that? Do you think that because it's a difficult situation because 
you guys are never going to be in a position where you're high enough in the draft to take a quarterback like Caleb Williams, for example, next year, unless something goes mm-hmm. horrendously wrong. Uh, but after you, at the moment, you've not really been in a, in a position really the last 25 years where you're competing for Super Bowl. So you're in that sort of middle ground at the moment at the wrong side of it as well. So that really has to perform because you're sort of almost stuck with him because there's no one better you can get in the off-season. But this sort of, you can't really go down a rookie route because you can't really get a draft position highlighted unless you trade up for it somehow and give up the farm for the first overall pick. You're not going to be in that position to go and get the next quarterback, the next young thing. So Dak has to perform. And what's your take on Dak? Do you think he can make that leap back to the quarterback we saw probably before his injury in 2020? Or are you a bit worried about what season we're going to have for him? I'd almost take a step back, and this is probably like a really political NFL-type answer, but I think the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl with Dak at quarterback, but I don't necessarily think they would win a Super Bowl because of Dak Prescott. And similarly, uh, if you go back to those 90s that I, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I like talking about the 90s, that's fine. Um, Troy Aikman, he may be in the Hall of Fame, but there's other quarterbacks that were probably better than he was that aren't in the Hall of Fame. He just won three Super Bowls and he played for the Cowboys. So, and again, you look at the players that Aikman had around him, Irvin and um, Emmett Smith and, and what have you. And I do think there is a bit of similarity there between that era and now. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is maybe not quite Irvin level, but he's maybe he's plenty on that path. He's got better and better every year. Uh, Tony Pollard is electric, very different sort of runner from Emmett Smith, but a real game changer. And he saw in the playoff loss to the 49ers, as soon as he got injured, the game plan was just out of the window. That The Cowboys had nothing. It's like, do we want to run Zeke? No. Um, so we're going to have to give Dak the ball to throw a lot. Nothing was happening through the air. Came around very one-dimensional and we lost. So I don't want to put all those types of losses on Dak. I think we... I think a lot of people know what he is. So just looking looking at his stats for the year uh, over the years, as you mentioned, he's he's around a 67, 68% completion rate passer. He's broken most touchdowns in a season for a Cowboys quarterback. So he is from a Cowboys standpoint, he'll probably always be talked about as one of the one of the better ones. And I think that's fair. Um maybe better than Tony Romo. That's probably a completely different discussion. Uh I like Dak. I think he's good. He's he, it's he's an easy person to root for as well because he's a good person. Obviously, he's just won all the face in a matter of the year, so he's a very good person to support. Do I think that a win and Super? <laughs> yeah, I do think we'll win a Super Bowl. We could win a Super Bowl win, but whether I think we will or not, I don't know. And he talks about who else is available. I'm not sure really. Jerry likes resetting. I think he's so desperate to win a Super Bowl, and that's evident by how they're trying to build a team around him. You know, the trade for Gilmore and Cooks, they were sexy names maybe of the past. They're not maybe so sexy right now, but they're still very good players that are going to improve the team and that improving the defence is always going to take a bit of weight off the quarterback and giving more weapons to quarterback is another one where, again, it's taking some weight off the deck. So, yeah, and I'm not worried about the interceptions thing. I've seen quite a few people talk about that online and US shows and what have you he didn't have a great season I've always found him to be a player that is better when he gets going he sort of warms up you know he's like a a steam train rather than like you know a bullet uh 
and I know we're going to talk about the season to come and how we think they're going to start and things like that. But he doesn't tend to start very well. And a part of that is because the preseason, he doesn't play a snap. And I think he's the sort of player that actually needs some of these snaps. And you are seeing, you know, the Trevor Lawrences and, and what have you going out there and at least getting a few snaps, like doing a drive or a couple of drives. And I think he needs that. I think it's bad management from the team to not give him that, to help set him up and create a platform for success early on in the season. So uh, maybe that's an answer for you. I've probably danced around it quite a lot. But yeah, I, I believe in Dak. I think he'll be better in 2023 than he was in 2022. Whether that's good enough to get us further through the playoffs, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about Dak Prescott. I mean, he is a guy that I, yeah, I certainly like to root for. And it's probably part of the reason why I've got a soft spot for the Cowboys, really. I think he's definitely built into that. I think the likes of Zika Elliott was one of them as well, one of my favourite ever running backs. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you make a good point about the preseason because we see this as well in the playoffs that there's a lot of teams who have a playoff by or teams that they rest starters in week 17 and can come into the, the first playoff game and be so rusty and then they lose. Like the Ravens is a classic example in recent years. Number one overall seed, they lost to the Titans in the divisional round. And I think there are some, I think in, in most sports, there are some players that can just go into a game, not even play for a few weeks and be absolutely fine. There are some players, vice versa. And I think you make a good point about that because we've seen, you should say, two have made a few plays. Um, and I think we saw Trevor Lawrence as well. And I think even Mahomes had a couple of snaps in, in the first game. Uh, Kenny Pickett has played, Justin Fields has played. And I think if he is that kind of player that is going to be a victim of rest, I think, yeah, I think absolutely put him in. Even just one play, because in the, the day, it's the one kind of game where you can afford to make mistakes. So you can try new things. You can try new plays, for example. Um, and it's not going to affect your overall, overall seeding and overall record for the season. So I think, yeah, I think it's absolutely, I think they got one playoff game left. So I, I believe that you should at least give back at least one, one play and one, sorry, one possession or one drive. But whether McCarthy will, I don't know. And that really is a nice segue into my next question, which is all about Mike McCarthy. Now, on paper, you think it's done a good job because two consecutive 12 and 5 seasons, you know, his overall record in Green Bay was 125 to 77 to 2. And he's won 30 of his 50 games in Dallas. But there's definitely a issue there, in my opinion, with that Mike McCarthy. I mean, you all saw what happened in the last um, playoff game where you had Zeke playing centre. And then the year before that, there was a terrible mismanagement. I don't know who to blame, whether it was Dak or whether it was Mike McCarthy against the 49ers again, I believe it was the 49ers again, where um, you didn't get the snap off in time. Now, this team is, is really good, in my opinion. You've got Micah Parsons, one of the best defensive players in the entire league. Trevon Diggs had his moments. Uh, you know, you've got Dak, you've got you know, Tony Pollard and Zeke, who still got 12 touchdowns last year. You had C.D. Lamb. You know, you've got Leighton Van Der Esch, who I think injuries have been an issue for him, but I think on his day, he can be a, a good player on that defence. And it's a good team you've got there, and it's an easier conference as well. NFC is way easier than the AFC. You haven't got to compete with Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen and Tyree Kill and Jenna Waddle. It's um, a much easier route where Dak is probably in the top four quarterbacks in the entire conference. So the team's there, but the coaching appears not to be there. Now, we had Jason Garrett far too long before that. So Dak has been a victim of that in a way. I'd like to see what, how he do with the likes of, you know, with the likes of Andy Reid or the likes of Cal Shanahan or Bill Belichick back in the day. So for you, do you think Mike McCarthy is holding this team back? Yes. 
Uh, all the other options are really low, so we could probably just end it there. Uh, yeah, um, his time management is shocking. Like, I don't know why they just can't get someone to sort of help manage the clock a bit better than him. Um, so many times we'll be watching broadcasts and they were like, yeah, they should probably take a time out now. Or now. Or now. And then the clock will run for 30 seconds. Go, oh, now they've taken this. Like, okay, great. Good good work. You know, we're down and he was scored before halftime. So, yeah, I'm really, in general, not a big Mike McCarthy fan. I was underwhelmed at the time. This should be, you know, a very alluring job. And I get that other people may be tied to contracts and what have you. But to take a guy that a lot of people didn't really put down the pack of success down to who'd been out of a job for a year didn't excite me I think uh like I maybe wasn't the biggest Kellen Moore fan either where some people go crazy for him I think he was fine um Dan Quinn's probably keeping him in a job a little bit as defensive coordinator I'm not so sure I would want Dan Quinn as the head coach but as a defensive coordinator I think he's outstanding and He's probably on borrowed time, McCarthy. In, in in a way, last year when Dak got injured in week one and was out for four weeks, I was already starting to get excited for the 2023 NFL draft. I thought, well, this is done. This is Cooks. McCarthy is going to go. That would be good. And I was content with how I saw it all playing out. I was very chilled about it all. But then our uh, Cooper Rush came in, and then that just got a whole different conversation of why is he better than Dak Prescott? If you were one of those people, just stop it. You're making yourself look foolish. Um, so yeah, I, again, manage the game. Dan Quinn probably kept him in a job. Probably not going to keep him in a job for much longer, unless we win a Super Bowl. That is an option. <laughs> and as you say, it's a, it's a lot weaker. If I think if the Cowboys had the cupcake schedule that the Eagles had, even through the playoffs last year. What we probably could have made the Super Bowl, but we didn't. So, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, it is one where if he, if he kept Garrett for so many years, you do worry about how long he will keep McCarthy in the job. And you know, it, we've seen him before with previous coaches, well, far better coaches, and Jimmy Johnson removed them because of all that. But he appears to like yes men, I think, uh, Joe Jones, and he seems loyal to his guy. So if he likes McCarthy, I can see him being there for many years. That's the thing. They like their guys. But it's okay to admit that you don't have the best guys, but they don't like to admit it. There, there is a stat. I've seen it somewhere before. I can't quite recall it. But the Cowboys have more players on the roster that they've drafted than any other team. So the guys they like, they're invested in them. They think they're going to win them Super Bowls. But you can't be right all the time. So they need to remember that. And I do think maybe there's a bit of a change with the Cooks and the Gilmore piece. Yeah, just admit you're wrong and get some of these other guys that were available. Um, I mean, those guys were complete steals, in my opinion, so there were no-brainers, but sometimes you do have to break the bank. And Jerry used to do that. Like, Dion Sanders back in the day was a break-the-bank type deal, and they won another Super Bowl, probably because of it. So they do need to remember that. You actually mentioned before as well about there's no other quarterbacks that probably the Cowboys can go after because there's none that are either on the market or you're, you know, you're trading someone that, trading someone that's pretty old, like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, or got serious question marks. The only player that I think, because I think you're right, we're probably not going to be down the bottom. The only player that I can think of that we'd ever have a chance of trading for that might be available. Um, but whether he's better than Dak is a completely different question. Is Kyler Murray. Um, you already mentioned that you're not a Cardinals fan, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but he's obviously a bit younger, but he has just something completely different to what 
Dak does. Um, so he, he's the only other player that I think is a good quality starter that may be available, say, end of the year if he doesn't get a run and they try and go for Keller Williams in the draft. Maybe, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe? It's talk of him not having his contract. Then I know he, he's someone else that draws opinion like Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm, one, I'm in the Kirk Cousins um, pro camp rather than the con camp. Um, but what, you could go for him, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's probably, it's probably a little bit too like for like, and he's also just an older Dak Prescott, in my opinion. I'm not sure he, I'm not sure he raises the bar. I mean, I that's probably what he, nice. yeah, I think we need a, a difference maker is what you'd want to be trying to get, and they are few and far between, which is obvious because <laughs> team yeah. want them. I mean, to be fair, like Cousins, he for once wasn't the reason why they went out of the playoffs last year. I think it was that was down to bad defense. If you put him on a team with with TD Lamb, with Tony Pollard, and have a defense with Micah Parsons, for example, and Trevon Diggs, and a DC like Dan Quinn, I think I think I I think he could do it. And I always say that if he joined the 49ers, they win a Super Bowl. I genuinely think so. That's all he need is, is a good quarterback, and they haven't had that really in a while. Um, but we're going to head to our final segment, which is going to be our win-loss-tie section, which if you are listening to the podcast and you aren't aware of the section by now, we ask every fan to go through each game of their team season and answer with a win-loss-tie record, finding an overall record for the season after week 18. So for you, Alan, uh, week one starts off on the road to the New York Giants. Uh, I'll go a win, just because it's the Giants, and Dak usually rules the NFC East. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, we too, sticking with New York, but this time on the road, sorry, you at home, to the Jets. Yeah, I'm going to take the win, just because I think that the Jets are obviously going to be better with Rodgers, but whether they're better by week two, I'm not sure. Okay, and then we mentioned the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Week three, he won't be there, but you play, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I mean, this is the sort of game that scares me. It should be a, a smash win, so we'll probably win by like a point. Hey, I mean, it could be one of those trap games you never know. Um, mm. Week four, you're at home again, but this time against the New England Patriots. Uh, Cowboys on a bit of a streak against the Patriots. They've won one, um, and that never used to happen. So, given this at home, I'll take the Cowboys. I'm probably not going to go for the Cowboys in all of these. The schedule <laughs> gets grim <laughs> near the back. So, <laughs> four wins to start, I'd be very happy. Um, so on the road, week five against the 49ers. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> we're not going to win that one. They just feel like a, they just feel like a massive bogey team at this point, and. I'm not sure we've improved. I don't think they've got better. Fair enough. Um, week six, on the road again, sticking in the West Coast, you're playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. I've got very strong opinions about the Chargers. Um, I always think that they manage to charge themselves out of games. You know, they're just charging all over the place. And we're pretty good at doing that, but I think we'll beat the Chargers. Hey, so then you go after your week seven bye, you go into week eight. Um, again, Los Angeles, but this time at home against the Rams. Yeah, I don't think they're the force that once were a couple of years ago. I think most people believe that as well. Their defense isn't too great. I think the Cowboys will win that one. Okay, and then week nine, big NFC East matchup. You're on the road at Lincoln Financial Field against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I don't fancy us too much. I think we can keep it close, but I think. They've had massive improvements over the summer. 
despite losing some key pieces. So, yeah, they're going to be a very hard team to play at the link. So, I'll take the loss. So, week 10 is a home game against the New York Giants. Again, Dak usually performs against the majority of the NFC East. I'll take the win. Okay, so week 11 is a road game against the first oval pick from this year in Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. They look horrendous in pre-season. And when they look, teams look horrendous in pre-season, I do think that's something to pay attention to. So I think the Cowboys will win that one. Okay, so then week 12 is a home game against the Washington Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders are quite a scary team, I think. Like, I think they're, I actually think they're massively underrated. I think they'll do better than the Giants this year. I think the Giants were better than some of their parts last year, but they won a lot of close games. And that doesn't, that's not usually a very sticky stat. So, um, you said it was at home? Uh, yes, home, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we can win at home against the Commanders. Okay, and then week 13 and 14, you've got back-to-back home games against the Seahawks and the Eagles. Uh, I think the Seahawks will be a really tough opponent. So I'm going to say we're going to lose that one. Okay. But home, I think that we'll have learned from the first game against the Eagles and that we should be able to get a win at home. So week 15 is a road game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm not as high on the Bills as other people, but I don't think that we will beat the Bills on this occasion. Hey, well, the AFC East road tour continues in week 16 on Christmas Eve um, at, on the road to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's got a bad feeling on some of these like double headers um, <laughs> later on in the season. I, If Tua is still standing, I don't think we'll win. So uh, I pray for the guy. So uh, I think the Dolphins will win. Okay, so then week 17, your final home game of the regular season uh, is against the Detroit Lions. Mm. Well, this is this could be a real firework type game, I think. Um, I still think the Lions may not quite there. I think if they're playing in 2024, I'm not sure the Cowboys would win, but in 2023, I think the Cowboys will get a win. Okay, so then your final game. Week 18 um, is a road game against the Washington Commanders at FedEx Field. What a beautiful stadium. Um, <laughs> dead, no one. Um, I think the Commanders may win that one. Um, it may already be wrapped up, of course, of playoffs and things like that by that point. But I do think the Commanders, they beat the Cowboys in the last game of the season last year. So uh, I think they probably do it again. Okay, so that means that you end the season according to your record with an 11-6 record, which that is that is fairly fairly respectable, I must admit, and that will have you call to our you are our 21st guest on the show and our 20th team we've done of this uh, series. You are currently our joint ninth most optimistic fan going into the season. Yeah, well, that's fine. Um, so I'm middle of the pack. Just like the Cowboys usually are, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on brand. <laughs> I mean, does uh, that, is that unrealistic to you? Or was I? Yeah, I, I think that maybe I maybe I will put ten or nine wins. Maybe um, I'm doing. We are doing a predict- predictions episode just before the season starts, where I go through my our like rankings from first to fourth in each division, and I do think the Cowboys will still have double digit wins, and I think maybe ten wins. I can't see it being twelve wins, but I can't see it being oh. nine wins either. So I think. 
is around that for me that 10 or 11 win margin uh we've got a minute left just before we go um if you get to the playoffs with that which you, you probably will with 11 and 6 record how far will you go in the playoffs and will this be your year <laughs> it's always our year andy <laughs> it's always our year whether we actually works out like that i don't know um yeah so definitely playoff bound I think with an eleven and six record, we may have a home game. I don't think we'd win a home game in the playoffs. It's just trying to get over that hump, and you know the likes of we got to play the Niners or the Eagles in the playoffs. Basically, if you if you're playing those and you feel like you can beat them, you should be going to the Super Bowl. I feel like we could beat the Eagles on their day. I'm not sure we can beat the Forty Niners on their day at this current moment in time. So, I think a NFC Championship game. Is in the sights. I think it's. I think it's a possible outcome. Um, yeah, could be our year. Who knows? Well, that's a great way to end it. This has been the Across the Pod NFL Podcast Dallas Cowboys season preview, and we will see you guys for our next season preview. <laughs> <laughs>